Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. It is another episode of Movie Bollocks. Yes, it's where I talk bollocks about movies I've watched since the last movies I've watched and recorded me shouting about them. Well, you're back for more, are you? Hey, well, let's crack on, shall we? Because there's no point in messing about. Let's get straight on with it. So, first up is... Operation Fortune. Now, this is, um, it's a Guy Ritchie movie, so straight off the bat, some of you will be like, oh yeah, I'm predisposed to like that, or I'm predisposed not to like that, or I don't care, whatever. But hey, it stars, strap yourselves in, Jason Statham, Aubrey Plaza, Carrie Hughes, Hugh the Gentleman Grant. But, you know, also, let's not forget, Oh, yeah, big star, Josh Hartnett, he's in it as well. Also, Eddie Marzan. How cool is that? Yeah, basically, quite the cast. Um, it's uh, it's a bit kind of... It's typical Guy Ritchie, really. There's The, the humour in it is, um, oh, you know, ha, 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 we've made this movie, we're aware it's a bit James Bondy, so when it is, we're going to go, you know, lean into it and we're going to be really James Bondy. Um, there's a section where basically Josh Hartnett is playing an actor now for reasons that the plot develops um, they have to they get Josh Hartnett involved in something and they have to say you're going to have to act in it so it's that you know it's the whole fourth wall not fourth wall breaking but you know playing with it etc and the old Jason Statham saying to Josh Hartnett look just sit down he goes oh I don't know what to do and he goes look imagine imagine you're in a scene in a movie and he's just like, oh, yeah, ha, 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 well done, yes. Joke about being in a movie when you really are in a movie. Oh, brilliant. Anyway, it's all right. I mean, I, I'm not a massive fan of um, uh, uh, Guy Ritchie, the Richster. Um, made the worst film I've ever seen. Um, so, you know, that might have something to do with it. Revolver, don't, don't watch it. It's a slur on the name of um, that wonderful actor, Ray Liotta. Anyway... Um, yeah, basically, I haven't really said anything about the movie, have I? I just remember a lot of action, if I'm honest. You know, uh, special agent Orson Fortune. I mean, straight off the bat, Orson Fortune. Hmm, yeah. And his team of operatives recruit one of Hollywood's biggest movie stars, help them on an undercover mission when the sale of a deadly new weapons technology threatens to disrupt the world order. I mean... If you wanted a cliche-ridden bollocks setup, there it is. And it's delivered with the usual Richie aplomb. Right. Moving on, one of the greatest films ever made, one of my favourite movies ever uh, that I've ever seen, Angel Heart. Not going to review it here. Also, not going to review the platform here either. Both of those are available as exclusive podcasts on their own with myself and Mr Paul Waller of the A Year in Horror podcast so you need to sign up to that if you're listening to this and um, sign up to his Patreon or sign up to my Patreon and either way you'll get that show because we're both doing it on Patreon and giving it to our patrons so there you go Angel Heart and also the platform that Spanish weirdo movie on Netflix yep you can get those elsewhere Next up, it is, and I kind of feel like there's one of these on every single episode. That's right. It's a Nicolas Cage movie. Of course it is. There's got to be one. And this one is called Kill Chain. 
gets five on IMDb. I think that's harsh, but I seem to think quite a lot of Nick Cage's movies are scored harshly. And I think they're scored harshly because of Nicolas Cage, if I'm honest. So, you know, all I'm doing is fighting the injustice. They're wrong, so I'm trying to be wronger to get the balance righter. So, yeah, anyway, um, Nicolas Cage, 20, I mean, it was 2019, it's only four years ago, pre-pandemic, one hour and 31 minutes. Yeah, liking that. Three strangers' lives are invariably tangled into a conflict uh, none of them are prepared for. And you know what? This film is way better than it deserves to be. It's way better than the five fucking marks it gets. I didn't know anything about it. I just thought, oh, right, yeah, I'll watch that. I haven't seen that, didn't know about that, didn't know it existed. But again... Director, writer, director, Ken Sanzel, writer, Ken Sanzel. And as I always say, that that works for me. That works. You're getting, a, you're getting the pure vision there. And um, do you know what? Nicolas Cage is not in it all that much. There's three stories that are linked together. It starts with one. It ends with that one. And when you go on some journeys in the middle. And, it's, and I really enjoyed it. I didn't know anything about it. So I came to it completely fresh, which you won't now I've you know, said that. But honestly, for 90 minutes, I really enjoyed it. Um, some good acting, well written. Um, the story cracks along, basically kill chain. Okay, people get killed and it's a chain of events. And it's, yeah, I mean, really is a meat-headed title if ever there was one. Um, but uh, yeah, Nicolas Cage, Annabella Acosta, Enrico Coltrione, Ryan Quanton. Yeah, no, no real, you know, big hitters other than Cage. But but seriously, everybody puts in a great performance. There's fucking brilliant bits of action in it. Really, really brilliant bits of action in it. Um, so, yeah, I say go and check out those three strangers' lives and see how they intertwine. Next up, well, next up, I'm reviewing, I'm reviewing. Not John Wick, not John Wick 2, not John Wick 3, and not John Wick 4. I'm reviewing John Wick 1, 2, 3, 4. <laughs> yep, in preparation for John Wick 4, I watched John Wick 1, 2, and 3, and really, really enjoyed them. 2 was much better than I remembered, even though I enjoyed it, I went to the cinema to see it, but yeah, I enjoyed it, but, and chapter 4, absolutely fucking rocked kills brilliant everybody is great in it um the performances the little callbacks some of the inventive kills are just amazing it's john wick okay this is not a movie i need to spend any time explaining anything about to you other than to say i fucking loved it there you go um and you know what that is the th I, that's my three words slash maybe four words but not quite a word review of Cocaine Bear. I fucking loved it. Um, Ray Liotta's last movie, I think, or last finished movie. I don't think he died on the set of this, but it was last finished movie. He's brilliant in it, almost completely unrecognisable. Um, this movie is about uh, a bear that does a load of cocaine. <laughs> I honestly absolutely love this. Kerry, Muscle, uh, Kerry Russell is the mum who's going to come up again later in the programme. She's fucking great. Programme, podcast, whatever. Um, she's great in it. The kids in this are brilliant. They make it. Now, 
if you're thinking, mm, mm, what are you talking about? It's just basically, that honestly, there are a little boy and a little girl in this who are absolutely superb. Uh, they are funny. They are... I, I, I don't want to explain the circumstances that, that make them as funny as they are. Um, but, yeah, they are. So the young guy, young guy is... Uh, Henry is Christian Convery. And um, his younger sister is somewhere else in the cast and I can't see, so I do apologise wherever you are, young lady. But um, they honestly, they were both just absolutely fucking great. Um, yet, based on true events, I mean, you know, the thinnest of true events, and then they just kind of paint a story from there on out. Um, it's, yeah, cocaine gets chucked out of an aeroplane somewhere over the States, meant for drug traffickers, lands in someone else's, you know, uh, park, and that starts having an effect on the wildlife, especially uh, the aforementioned bear. Um, lots of hijinks, lots of violence, lots of blood, um, lots of laughs. I mean, is it a comedy horror? I wouldn't... I wouldn't call it a horror. At no point was I... I it's Yeah, actually, it's titled a comedy thriller. So there you go. And, and to be honest, I think that's pushing it a bit as well. It's, it's more leaning on the comedy than the thriller. But, it, yeah, it, it's... It's a really good film, and I really... Sorry, I've just stated it's a really good film, didn't I? Shouldn't do that. Shouldn't do that. No, I'm saying I think it's a good film, and I liked it. Um, and um, uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. is in it as well. I love him. Um, he's He's been in all sorts over the years, and, um, yeah, doesn't get enough recognition, so there you go. So, Cocaine Bear, thumbs up from Howard. Next up, 65. 65, you say? Yeah, as in 65 million. Mm -hmm. An astronaut crash lands on a mysterious planet only to discover he is not alone. Um, this is written and directed by Scott Back and Brian Woods. They both wrote and both directed. It stars... I'm just going to say Adam Driver. It's an Adam Driver movie. He's driving the movie, get it? Driver. And yeah, So... Um, I don't want to give too much away about this because there is a there, there is some cool stuff that happens at the front uh, front end of this movie that if I don't mention you you may enjoy it more and uh, and there's a lot to like about this movie okay it's why I watched it Adam Driver like that sci-fi like that one hour 33 minutes like that man on a strange planet on his own like liking all of this so it's a bit disappointing when... Oh, but also from the writer of A Quiet Place. Um, it's a bit... Dis and it's a 12A. A bit disappointing that in a one hour, 33 minute timeline, I still felt it dragging. And there, there really was a real make or break kind of 15 minutes where it just seemed to... It just seemed to meander. It Almost like it was like you just... You just stretching this out this actually could have been shorter um now that's i'm not saying it could have been but that that's that's all about pacing and also i think to a certain extent how engaged you are with the characters as well um but for me yeah it, it but it did manage to get me back in as well but ultimately um i enjoyed it would i watch it again god no um you know 
um, yeah, it was okay. Dinosaurs, 12A, watch it with the family. I'm sure, you know, people will enjoy it. But ultimately, bit average, bit disappointing for me. There you go. That's just me. So, now, a review of a movie that is the exact opposite of what I just said. A bit fucking average for me. This just totally caught me by surprise. The movie is called Tetris. Yep, that's it. It's a movie of the history of the game. The story of how one of the world's most popular video video games found its way to players around the globe. Businessman Hank Rogers and Tetris inventor Alexei Pichenyov join forces in the USSR, risking it all to bring Tetris to the masses. Well, um, Taron Egerton is in the lead role. Um, it's I absolutely fucking loved this movie. Fucking loved this movie. Just, it, it's the kind of film that when you enjoy it so much, you think, surely nobody can not enjoy this. Two hours long. And the story is unbelievable. It is one of those facts is stranger than fiction jobs. Is it really, Howard? In this case, to be honest, it bloody is. I mean, seriously, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to spoil it, but there are serious major UK um, players that you know, that you have heard of, who were involved in all of this shit back in the day. And it is amazing to see it all played out. It really is. Um, yeah, I mean, Taron Egerton's up top, but Toby Jones, of course, is is in the movie, of course, because, you know, someone needs to play a Brit. So, um, quick, get him. Um, yes, I'm, yeah, I am aware Taron Egerton is a, is a Brit as well. But look, all in all, just... It, it, ah, fantastic, brilliant pacing, absolutely brilliant pacing. And also the, the way they just drag you into the world of Tetris as well. So even when you're swapping from scene to scene or things like that, there'll be little animations from the game and it just really, really draws you in. And I've never, I, honestly, I'm not aware that I've ever played Tetris. Genuinely not a gamer, never have been. So yeah. Um, I was totally, thoroughly absorbed, loved it. It's funny, it's, it, 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 it's engaging, it's amazing, it's true. It's fun. It's Tetris, the movie. Next up, well, can I say I enjoyed the volcano, Rescue from Wakari. Honestly, this is not something that is particularly enjoyable but it is really worth a watch. Incredibly moving. The true story of the rescue of people from the island of Wakari um, after a, uh, they were on there when there was a um, volcanic eruption. And um, basically it's the story of how people got off. Some people didn't, some people did. But the people who got off have their story to tell. And it's amazing, and so do the rescuers. Um, and, I mean, it looks incredible. There's amazing footage from, like, when it happened at the time. It's, But the real incredible thing about this is the fact that there's an ash cloud and that, um, basically, um, emergency services are told to stay away 
because it's an ash cloud and the people who are not in emergency services but have basically scrambled to the area to try and help um, just go well it's, it's just us then isn't it and there's the story of some helicopter pilots some um, some boat captains um, people who help get people off it's incredible um, the genuinely laugh out loud moments when you hear these you hear these um, New Zealand um, uh, uh, pilot being told that um, he's he's got he's got people in his helicopter who are really badly injured and he's being told to drop them at the harbour and then um, we'll we'll pick them up from there and we'll take them to the hospital and he's just like no not doing that taking them straight to the hospital landing in the car park out <laughs> it's just it's honestly they uh, just. They, and they are on the island when they get word that help's not coming. And one just goes, yeah, that'll be right. It's just, honestly, the, the, the attitude, the community, the way it all comes together is is just wonderful. It really is. And I, I'm, it, it's, it is a heartwarming tale. And it is one of those things that, yeah, without doubt, without doubt, it's, it's rubbernecking. But when you hear the whole story, it's actually pretty it's actually quite positive so it's on netflix the volcano rescue from uh wakari next up the strays this was also on netflix and a woman's meticulously crafted life of privilege unravels when two strangers show up in her quaint suburban town right um what to say about this it it's not the film I mean after I watched it I turned it to two people I watched it with and I said is it me or when that when that, when that started for about the first half hour did you think there was a supernatural element and they were and they uh, yeah he was like yeah yeah so did I yeah what the fuck happened it's like really weird first half hour yeah, oh right okay oh yeah oh right oh okay. ah. No, no, those two people do exist and they're just rocking up to fuck with her life because they're her kids that she walked out on years ago. Yeah. Literally, it's really fucking weird. But it turns out that this weirdness is actually just two kids who she walked out on years ago. Um, and then it becomes really violent and a hostage situation and has a, or a fairly predictable, extremely unsatisfactory conclusion. Other than that, The Strays is worth a watch. Now, on um, Amazon, I don't know why I've suddenly started telling you where I watch these, but I fucking decided, so I'm not going back and doing the others. <laughs> right, All Nighter. A workaholic father who attempts to visit his daughter during a, a layover in LA only to discover that she's disappeared is forced to team up with her awkward ex-boyfriend to find uh, to find her over the course of one transformative night. Oh, you can just see it now, can't you, eh? Uh, you know, just one long laugh riot. I mean, we've got Emil Hirsch and J.K. Simmons in it together. They're the, they're the two, they're the tandem up top. Kristen Schaal is in there as well in the occasional... 
um, scene. And um, uh, I watched this because it was like, oh, fuck it. Yeah, watch that. Just go for it. Had a good, like, you know, good catch line, whatever. It's like, oh, this, this, like, riotous comedy. Fucking hell. Riotous comedy. I turned around again to the person that I was watching this with. Uh, within the first hour, I, we looked at each other. Have you laughed? No. No, neither have I. No, riotous comedy this riotous comedy just just an absolute fucking anti-climax of a film it's not even a it's not even a climax it's not even like it's not even a max it's fucking nothing just fucking rubbish and i'm looking on imdb and it's got 5.8 how the fuck does that happen I mean, I, you know, no hilarious scenes, and, the, the, and some of the scenes that were supposed to be funny were, were just fucking painful and annoying. Honestly, it was. I am ab just amazed, amazed the score this film has, and it yet again, it just tells you how subjective comedy really is, because that was fucking rubbish. Now, comedy is a, is it a problem? Is it an added benefit? I don't know. But it definitely plays a role in Renfield. Another, that's right, Nicolas Cage movie. Renfield, Dracula's henchman and, in, uh, and inmate at the lunatic asylum for decades, longs for a life away from the Count. His various demands and, uh, uh, his various de demands and all of the bloodshed that comes with them. Sorry, I'm going to read that again. Renfield, Dracula's henchman and inmate at the lunatic asylum for decades, longs for a life away from the Count, his various demands and all of the bloodshed that comes with them. So, Renfield's Nicholas Holt, Nicholas Cage is, yeah, guess what? He's the man, isn't he? He's Dracula. He's, uh, he's Dracula, yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, there's... There's some other people around, and it's all right, and I kind of enjoyed it. Um, but when I, it's funny. It is very funny um, at times. I just it. It's one of those things. It's 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 had some fairly, I'd say, kind reviews, and some unkind reviews. For me, um, I don't know. I don't know. The comedy is funny. But it just means that the stuff that's not supposed to be funny isn't scary. It's that old thing again, isn't it? You know. Um, I mean, Cage is absolutely hamming it up, uh, loving it. And ultimately, is it any good? Yeah. Do you know what? It is. And do you know what? I would watch it again. But it's it's Nicolas Cage, isn't it? So you've probably got to you've probably got to put it through your own Nicolas Cage filter because I'm putting it through mine, and mine says yeah. I enjoyed that. It's for 90 minutes. Fuck it. Give it a go. Next up, one for all the family. Doesn't happen very often. I thought this was genuine. I don't even know how I ended up watching this. Four misfit campers must band together and conquer their fears in order to save their world during an alien invasion. Four kids sent to camp in America. And uh, it's directed by McGee. It's um, just over an hour and a half long. And... 
what got it for me was even in the first few minutes I found myself laughing and all the way through there is some there is actually it's the laughs that keep this going um and also some 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 really well played out action uh, it's not been skimped on with effects at all and i don't know it was it was just really engaging it's essentially it's a kids film what are you doing howard watching a kids film it's, it's a 15 1 hour and 38 minutes rim of the world it's on netflix and um yeah, I enjoyed it. And again, the kids are really good. So, what's next? Next up is a movie you may well have heard of. That movie is Air. That's right, Air. The story of Air Jordan. Matt Damon, Jason Bateman, Ben Affleck, Chris Messina, Viola Davis. I mean, you know, Chris Tucker's even in it. That's right, he's not dead. Um, and so, yeah, um, excuse me. <coughs> so basically, it's the story of how they got Jordan. How Nike managed to sign up Jordan right out from under the noses of um, Adidas. Now, the thing is that Viola Davis, Matt Damon, Jason Bateman, Chris Tucker, Ben Affleck, all really good. Nobody, no one, no no one in it isn't good. Everybody is good in it. Um, but here is my issue. You're making an in-depth story about a shoe. All right, now, yes, we did have Tetris, but Tetris is a video game. Gaming, massive, blah, blah, blah. Now you could say Air created the sneaker market all single hat. Yeah, true. It's just no way, I mean, no, no word of a lie. If you watched Air and Tetris back to back, both only just under two hours, right? You would be amazed at how interested you are in that shitty little video game. And I was amazed at how uninterested I was in how this happened. Put it this way, right? Now, I, you know, spoiler-tastic. I'm watching it and they're having a marketing meeting and it's, they're talking about they've got money for four players. Who are they going to get? They can't afford anybody in the top ten. Who are the, all these players? Blah, blah, blah. Now, straight away, now whether it's because I watch a lot of movies or I've been in a few meetings like that, but straight away, I'm thinking, right, okay, so how long until someone in the room goes look take all the money put it on one player we're just going to get four bang average slash not very good players there's no point because we're watching the movie it's called air we know what's coming yeah well that does happen i was right but it happens 35 minutes after that meeting and it's literally and it you're just seeing scenes played out where you're thinking like they have the whole meeting in the room and one guy's suggesting some shitty players and Matt Damon does a brilliant job of saying, why do you like him? Well, blah, 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 blah. And he clearly knows everything. Then he bumps into um, uh, Ben Affleck in the toilet, who's the real boss. And 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 he's saying, well, what, what ideas have you got? And, blah, blah. and you're thinking, well, this is where it comes out. This is where he shouts. And he goes, no, fucking hell, man. Look, just put all the... No, it's about half an hour later. Honestly, 
that half an hour taking out this film, 90 minutes, loving it. Because everyone is great in it. And it is, it's a fairly interesting story, but it's like, you know, some big corporations warring over one, um, uh, one athlete who doesn't have an agent and uses his mum. Yeah, okay, that's it. I mean, I've literally fucking told you the story there. Two hours? Two fucking hours? Anyway, yeah. If you haven't got the story, don't fucking stretch it out. Tetris, God, if, if the same... If, oh, I was going to say if the same director. It was directed by Ben Affleck. Well, if Ben Affleck had directed Tetris, it would have been four hours long. Um, but to be fair, one note I did make about this is that it's made... The movie is made by a big old basketball lover. Yeah. Um, so, bless him, Ben Affleck. He is... A, and this, this film has been made by a lover of basketball. This film has been not made, not been made for lovers of basketball movies or movies about basketball or, in fact, interesting documentaries. Or It's all right. I would not watch it again, though. Oh, here we go. Final movie. Yep, TV programmes coming up in a bit. Final movie. Now, it's a bit of a weird one, this. I think it's on Netflix as The Rise... But then it starts playing and it's called it's called Wasteland and you have to find it called Wasteland. It's weird. Anyway, it's from 2012 and there's some really interesting appearances in this. So um, uh, Ewan Rion, who goes obviously goes on to be um, a big news in um, Game of Thrones. Matthew, he's probably only just started in it by then. Or I don't, I don't know. I don't know the time. Right? Luke Treadaway, Timothy Spall, Matthew Lewis. Neil Maskell, yes, Bull himself. Now, they are all fairly well-known sort of UK actors, but not that well-known in 2012. So that's how you manage to get actually a really decent cast together. Um, and it's really worth watching this movie, if nothing else, for seeing these guys, like, you know, early doors, and it's an ensemble cast and it's good. It's a good film. A young man recently released from prison um, recruits his three best friends to rob the local drug, ping, drug kingpin who is responsible for his incarceration. Can he get revenge and win back his fed-up girlfriend? Well, that makes it sound a bit parochial. Well, it gets even worse. It's set in Leeds. Oh, that's why he fucking likes it. No, seriously, it isn't. But I'll tell you what, it doesn't hurt so Vanessa Kirby's girlfriend said girlfriend who's excellent in this and the whole thing like I said the whole thing is great Luke Treadaway in the lead role is great Ewan Rion is like you know he's losing his shit he wants to get you know he's not sure whether to get involved or not it's just really well played out good old-fashioned Brit flick um, it gets an average of six and a half on IMDb I wouldn't say it's that good it's an hour and 45 minutes long it's certainly worth a watch. Boom. These are all the movies I got for you right now. So, next up, not many TV series this time, but TV series, it almost certainly is. So, what have I been watching in the world of television? Um, mostly movies, to be honest. I have found it a little bit difficult to um, engage in any series at the moment but um, one that came back and always kicks my ass 
That's right. It was The Mandalorian Season 3. Um, I'm going to come out and say this now. I think The Mandalorian is the best thing in the Star Wars universe ever. I fucking love it. I absolutely love it. And now I enjoy that more than the movies, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um... Now, ages, I'm not saying the movies are rubbish or anything like that, but what I am saying is that as a 53-year-old man, I enjoy The Mandalorian way more than the movies. It's just absolutely fucking fantastic. Uh, And season three was no different. Again, there's no point in me, you know, telling you what it's about. If you don't know, you don't care. And if you know, you've probably seen it. It's probably the most pointless review I actually do, but The Mandalorian is fucking great and you should watch it. There you go. Um, I mean, my mum asked for a fucking toy Grogu for Christmas. She's 87. You know, that's quite a wide appeal when it comes to a TV programme. Next up, The Night Agent. Um, Now, The Night Agent on Netflix, in the first 20, after the first 20, 25 minutes, I paused it turned to the person, the person I was watching it with and said I think this is a bit, I think it's a bit low quality this, I think it's a bit, che- and a bit cheesy and the opening is the absolute ultimate in cheese it happens in a trailer so I'll tell you this now, you know, it's like guy comes onto a bus he's looking a bit mysterious or a bomb goes off and it's like literally like nice people are nice to kids and you know, bad people aren't. And right away, and I just thought, oh, this is really, it, it, it was so bad. I was like, wow, oh, this is just really fucking cheesy. But you know what? That was just the first sort of 25 minutes. It's really dumbed down, I think, is, is was my problem with it. It's like, put it this way, a woman is given a code. She has to ring a number, speak to somebody on the end of the line, and she has to remember this, uh, she has to remember these two, these two word code, this two word code. And this woman tells her it night action and she says right okay she goes now you're gonna go and you're gonna see him and what's and what have you got to say again what are the words she's like night action yeah it's night time there's been some action it's i mean it's literally on the fucking nose dumbed down but only for about the first 25 minutes and i really enjoyed it 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 really really developed a pace and drew me into the world it really did and it also made a um, made a little bit of a change that it wasn't kind of like you know standard Netflix actors either. Um, it was um, so your main character is played by Gabrielle Basso. Oh, sorry, no, that is the character, you dickhead. <laughs> oh no, no, that is the actor. Gabrielle Basso plays Peter Sutherland. And uh, Lucine Buchan plays Rose Larkin. The two of them are absolutely superb. And that, again, is what's really important, is that they form um, a bond. There's on-screen chemistry. It's really cool, is what I'm saying. You know, it works. And that that really helps because you're engaged. You know, they are a believable couple. Not in that way. But also, just realistically, there's a, a lot of stuff happens in this way. Like, yeah, that, yeah, no, yes, that's what you should do. That is sensible. That's common sense. Good one. As opposed to going, no, why are you doing that? 
11 episodes and really enjoyable and yeah definitely worth it so it's yeah the night agent I, I haven't really told you anything about it I don't want to it's a series you know Low-level FBI agent Peter Sutherland works in the basement of the White House, manning a phone that never rings until the night it does, propelling him into a conspiracy that leads all the way to the Oval Office. Is how it would probably be voiced over. Anyway, next up, well, again, like The Mandalorian, if you're not watching this, it's because you've decided it's not for you or you've already tried and you're not interested, but it's Succession or you're going to try and get round to it. Succession, Series 3. Sorry, it's not Series 3, is it? It's about fucking Series 4 or 5, I think. Actually, I think it's Series 4. So, anyway. Yes, Series 4. Um, I must admit, there is, um, there's a massive spoiler coming. If you are a fan of Succession in any way, for fuck's sake, do not listen to the next two minutes. Okay? Right. So... The best thing about them, the best thing about Succession is Brian Cox as Logan Roy. Don't get me wrong, everybody else is brilliant, but he steals every scene he's in, and he's the fucking boss. And he dies off camera. We don't really, we don't see him at all. He dies a couple of episodes in, and for me, I've had to. It's just, it's meant too much time in the company company of his fucking annoying children. And I really did feel this series, which I do believe is the last, has, it, it, I've, I found it very difficult to be in the company of these fucking people. Um, and funnily enough, even harder after the father's died. Yeah, I don't even feel any sympathy for them. But it is one of the great TV shows of our time. You should watch it when it's good. It's fucking amazing. It really is. And there is just some incredible acting going on in there. The whole cast are absolutely fucking brilliant. It'd be un be unfair to signal anybody out. Now, coming up, last series on Netflix, The Diplomat. In the midst of an international crisis, Kate Weiler, a career diplomat, lands in a high-profile job for which she is not suited with tectonic implications for her marriage and her political future. Doesn't sound very exciting, does it? Well, let me tell you. It's cool. It's really cool. It's only eight episodes, so, you know, you're not making a massive commitment. But more importantly, um, your, your lead couple is Kerry Russell and Rufus Sewell, and they are absolutely brilliant together. Again, all about the chemistry. Um, Rory Kinnear is fantastic as the British Prime Minister, um, uh, Nicol Trowbridge, honestly, it's all coming back to me. There's there's loads of there's loads of great actors in it, um, and it's not too it, right. Okay, if you it, it's not House of Cards, right? It it it's it's not that kind of thing. Um, it's not political intrigue. Um, it, it's just it's it's nice. It's human enough. It's human enough to be able to forget about politics. But when it is political, it's done really well and it's clear. It, you know, sometimes I think it, it's um, it's very difficult to make a credible political TV programme or movie um, without running the risk of, you know, confusing people or making them feel like they're just watching the fucking news. So, yeah, hats off. Really enjoyed it. Watched all, all eight episodes. Can't wait for season two. And 
I don't say that very often. So, you know, The Diplomat, like it. If you got Netflix, you're on. So, there we go. That's it. That is all of the movies and all of the TV programmes. Um, not quite all, actually. Let me throw in a few um, um, honourable mentions. Honourable mention for Bank of Dave. I watched nearly all of it, but I had to go out. Really enjoyed it. R Rory Kinnear was on it. Uh, in it as well. Really enjoyed it. Fascinating true story. From what I saw of it, really worth a watch. It's on Netflix, um, Bank of Dave. And um, yeah, pretty good. Um, uh, the movie called Living, um, which has received an immense amount of uh, praise, gave up on it, I'm afraid. Um, I was just bored. And I love Bill Nye, but I was just bored. It was going absolutely nowhere. And I didn't really have the inclination to spend any time any more time in the company of the characters that were there so there you go um and that's it that's it. that's your that's your honorable mentions for others as always stay tuned keep getting the podcast sign up at patreon if you like patreon.com forward slash howard h smith of course always working anyway it's a pleasure look after yourselves enjoy your viewing and do let me know what you like what you don't like and um, and not just you know copy me in in a message where you're slagging me off to 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 your partner for recommend. Well, no, remember, didn't recommend it. Never recommend anything. Just tell you what I think. It's up to you. Anyway, be good to hear what you like and what you don't like. Take care, everyone. Speak to you next time. Thank you.